0: and welcome to The Climate Conversation. I'm Dan Brissett, Executive Director of the Environmental and Energy Study Institute. We are rolling along in season four and I hope you've enjoyed our past two episodes about food waste in schools and then how the private sector can accelerate climate action. As always, my intrepid co-host is with me again, Emma Johnson. Hi, Emma. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, Dan. I'm doing well. And hello, listeners. Thanks for joining us for another great episode. I'm so excited to share more great climate solutions and stories with you all. We're going to be talking about one of our favorite topics here at EESI, which is energy efficiency. We're going to be focusing on the benefits of energy efficiency for nonprofits to connect with our ongoing article series about that topic, which you can
0: read in the show notes for this episode. Emma, you know me. I love energy efficiency. EESI loves energy efficiency, it is the best. Why is it the best? Because it helps you use less energy in the first place. It delivers energy savings, lower utility bills, and most importantly of all, it is the fastest, cheapest, most direct way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Even simple upgrades like installing weather stripping and caulking around your doors and windows, installing a programmable thermostat, or switching to LED light bulbs and exit signs, can lead to big savings on your energy bill, whether you are in an apartment, single family home, multifamily building, a large commercial building, a warehouse, an industrial facility. Savings from energy efficiency happen everywhere. And then whole building retrofits like upgrading to high efficiency heating and cooling systems can improve the way an entire building feels and operates.
1: I'm reminded of something that Paula Glover, who is the president of the Alliance to Save Energy, said during our congressional policy forum, which we held back in July. She said, quote, every electron or therm that you don't have to use is as big a savings as producing something clean and using that. I would suggest it's even better, end quote. And I found that a very powerful and important statement to remember as we go through this conversation.
0: These savings can be a big deal for low-income homeowners or renters who often pay a disproportionate amount of their income on their energy bills. The American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy, or ACEEE, found that on average, low-income households pay 7% of their household income on utilities, which is more than three times the amount that higher-income households pay. In addition, Black and Latino households typically spend a higher percentage of their income on energy bills than white households. Energy efficiency upgrades can close this gap by at least a third.
1: In addition to that, the nonprofit sector could also really benefit from these sorts of savings.
0: Absolutely. Nonprofit organizations like schools, libraries, worship centers, and hospitals play core roles in our communities, but may not have the funds to sustain themselves or grow. For nonprofits that operate out of commercial buildings, as much as 30% of the energy used is wasted. With energy efficiency upgrades, nonprofits could use the money saved to free up resources for their core missions. Set a good example of environmental stewardship And improve the wellness of everyone who steps into their building.
1: We know that energy efficiency upgrades are so beneficial for commercial buildings, and there is funding from the federal government to help nonprofits get started. The Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, or the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, which was passed in November 2021, included an initiative called the Energy Efficiency Materials Pilot Program, Out of a total pot of $50 million, the Department of Energy is awarding grants of up to $200,000 to nonprofits to provide energy efficiency upgrades for commercial buildings. Stay tuned at energy.gov for the timeline for those applications, or keep up with our energy efficiency work to stay in the loop of all of
0: these grant programs that are going on. And there is also a ton going on for energy efficiency in the big climate bill called the Inflation Reduction Act. This was the bill that was signed into law by President Biden in August 2022, including billions of dollars to help households electrify home appliances and complete energy efficiency retrofits. There is also a billion-dollar grant program to make affordable housing more energy efficient. To learn about the electrification measures in the Inflation Reduction Act, check out our articles linked to in the show notes.
1: These programs and grants will do wonders to advance energy efficiency over the next decade, but there are also funding mechanisms that are available to nonprofits right now. Energy Star, the government program for energy efficiency that works through the Environmental Protection Agency, offers rebates for using Energy Star products. Nonprofits can also get loans from a green bank, which is a lending institution that helps finance clean energy projects. In this episode, we will be highlighting a partnership between Delaware Interfaith Power and Light and Energize Delaware to bring energy efficiency to faith congregations. A state chapter of a national nonprofit, Delaware Interfaith Power and Light is working to inspire people of faith to take bold and just action on climate change. Energize Delaware is a nonprofit that offers an array of energy efficiency programs, including home energy audits and renewable energy credits. The partnership has been offering a program called Faith Efficiencies Energy Assessments since 2014 to facilitate energy audits and education for faith communities which they have already done for more than 70 congregations. Just this past July, the program added a new SEED grant, which will help make the upgrades identified in energy audits into reality. One of the congregations that has completed an energy audit and upgrades through this partnership is Temple United Church
0: in Wilmington. And we have three very special guests with us from Delaware Interfaith Power and Light, Energize Delaware, and Temple United Church to talk about the Faith Efficiencies Program and the benefits that energy efficiency upgrades can bring to faith communities in Delaware.
2: My name is Shweta Arya, and I am the Executive Director of Delaware in the Faith Light.
3: I'm Tony DePrima. I am the Executive Director of Energize Delaware.
4: Pastor Graham, Temple United Church, Wilmington, Delaware. We are a nonprofit recognized by the state of Delaware as well as the Internal Revenue. Uh, we have been in existence for over 50 years. I've been the same pastor that somehow or another they put up with me.
0: Welcome, Shweta, Tony, and Pastor Graham. It's great to have you on the podcast. I'd like to start
1: out by asking all of you about the connection between faith communities and climate action in general. What role do faith communities have in the climate movement, and how have you all seen this connection manifest in faith communities around Delaware?
2: We really believe that climate change is a moral and ethical issue. We have seen climate scientists, environmentalists have been sharing this information that climate change is a planetary crisis. But we also see that people are not mobilized, they are not invested, they don't understand the urgency. So I think we really, at this time of crisis, we really need a all-hands-on-deck kind of approach. And we really believe that faith communities, faith leaders can really take a lead on this issue. And, you know, 80% of the people in the community are following one or the other faith tradition and all faith, different faith traditions, whether it's Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam. The underlying thing is that we all believe that we really are the caretakers of this sacred earth. And we really can get together and solve this crisis that we have created. So for us, we provide the resources to our faith communities to do what they can to take care of the community.
3: So then uh, I'll chime in and say you can see the energy and excitement that Shweta is sort of manifesting from, from the faith community. And so given that what our mission was, we started to pick up on that leadership on the excitement. And we said, we have to get on board with this, right? We've got to make this connection, not only to the organization, Interfaith Power and Light, but to all of the congregations that we work. So for us, the connection was simply to offer assistance to Shweta for her organization to meet her mission, which is also our mission for an important, important group of Delawareans.
1: Moving to the work that you all are doing in Delaware, Why is it so important that faith buildings receive energy efficiency audits and upgrades, especially for faith communities that are primarily people of color? And what other ways do you all engage with faith groups to help them thrive in terms of these energy efficiency upgrades and other actions against climate
4: change? Well, I believe that I can speak for Temple. Okay, this church building has been here since back in the 20s. And of course, obviously, wear and tear, all of a sudden we had we were trying to heat outdoors rather than inside, because all of our heat inside was going outside. And as a result of the audit and the thing that came through to show us where the energy was going rather than staying here, of course, helped us to the point where we passed this on to other churches and who also were in the same predicament with when it came to the settling of the building and all this type of thing. And so we believe that certainly it would be a blessing continuing To pass this on to other people and other churches, and and as a result, we've been able to uh, have other churches involved. For instance, my neighbor down the street at Tabernacle, we're working with with a couple of the churches that's in the West Center City community.
3: From our perspective, you know, churches are important for all the reasons we just heard from Pastor Graham. Right, the story he's telling is not unusual. There are churches throughout Delaware that are aging and are energy inefficient. So when we saw an opportunity to work with Interfaith Power and Light, it was really to help buildings, right? Our job is to help buildings throughout Delaware and, and houses of worships are building and they're everywhere and they're in need. And often that market doesn't have the funds to, to help with their energy bills. So that was just a part, natural part of our mission. It was one of the sectors we wanted to hit. But more important in many ways for us, a congregation like Pastor Graham's is a window into a community that now allows us to market our residential programs, to get the word out for residential programs. I'm sure there are people in Pastor Graham's congregation who are business owners. Well, now we can, they can learn about our business programs. I'm sure there are people in his congregation that are on other church boards or nonprofit boards. They can learn about it. So this was for us a huge networking opportunity. And then with regard to connections to people of color, you know, again, churches play an extremely important role in that community. It's a major way that we can communicate with that community. And my board of directors has directed some time ago, saying we need to be a part of creating environmental justice here in Delaware. All too often, these communities have been ignored or even put upon through environmental policies. So we saw this as just an opportunity to be a part of improving or or acting on environmental justice issues. So we really appreciate what they do. And you heard earlier, From the pastor, how he took the information, he networked within his community. So there's so much that happens in a rolling basis on these programs.
2: If we look at how extensive a network uh, of faith congregations all over the state and all over the country, we really can tap into that opportunity of connectedness, right? So just in the city of Wilmington alone, we have over 200 houses of faith. And to reach out to them to disseminate this information that we have from not only Energized Delaware but other community serving organizations, we collect all that information and then we share that with our faith network. So it is a really strong network that can get the information out to the community and and of course all this aging infrastructure that we have are you know a lot of these congregations are hundreds of years old and very inefficient.
3: So this funding can really help. So I I also want to chime in and just say that, you know, it doesn't stop with Shweta's our program, our faith efficiency program that Shweta manages for us. It doesn't stop there. Once they're done, and we get back in and we say, okay, how could we help you pay for and fund your improvements? So we have done loans to churches for energy efficiency improvements. We've done low-interest loans to churches for solar systems. We have done some grants, or at least show them how to get grants. You're gonna hear in a minute about the new seed grants that Schwed is rolling out with us. And also we've just uh, rolled out a new program called the Energized Delaware Empowerment Program that is also designed to do grants for nonprofit organizations in low-mod income communities that need to have their buildings improved or for programs, job training. So there's lots happening here. And so it keeps going after Shweta's program has, uh, has done their work.
0: Tony, you just mentioned the SEED grant program, and I'd like to come back to that. In Emma's intro of this discussion, she mentioned that the Faith Efficiencies Program has already performed 70 energy audits for houses of worship in Delaware. Shweta and Tony, how will the SEED grant add to this work? And could you describe how the program will function and what services you'll be able to now provide to communities that you weren't able to before?
2: So I can start and then Tony can chime in. We, we've had this faith efficiencies program for, you know, for several years now. And as you said, we've served uh, and did more than seventy energy audits for our congregations. So what we realized was that a lot of these congregations, who've done the audit, we wanted to dig in more and see how our program can become more effective. So a lot of times, they, they will take steps which does not did not cost them money, and they went ahead and did all those steps, but. In, a, in many cases, they were not going ahead and doing some of that work. So we were thinking, how can we take that next step where we can motivate them to take the next step and you know, do the work that comes out in those audits to, you know, for them to do. So one was the financial hardship and COVID did not make it any easier. A lot of congregations, a lot of houses of faith are struggling paying those huge utility bills. So can we bring them some funding to get and go ahead and do the work that is called for in the audit? And then secondly, is you know sometimes all this work can also get very technical. So we also when we designed the seed grant program, we also put a technical help for congregations if they need any technical assistance. These audits and um, you know this work can be a little technical. So we we included some of the technical assistance in there as well. When congregations do their audits. That's a prerequisite to apply for the seed grant. Then they can apply for up to $6,000 to get the work started. It's not a huge amount of money, but it's not too little, just enough to motivate them to get going. And, And Temple United is our very first congregation to participate in the seed grant program when it got going last month. And inviting the congregations in Delaware to participate in this program, we have made the application really, really simple just a two-page application to, to get them started with the work. And then of course, if their needs are a little bigger, they can tap into the bigger funding that Energize Delaware is offering. I'll let Tony chime in and share a little bit more.
3: I, I think Shreda, you've done a great job of doing that. Again, we saw an opportunity and we funded it and that's what we do best. And, <laughs> And so we'll be you know, looking forward to how those seed grants are used. And we will be looking for more opportunities to help the churches even further along or the houses of worship further along.
1: Pastor Graham, I would love to hear from you more about how you first got involved in the beginning. And can you talk a little bit more about the upgrades that you all have been making at your
4: church how much time you have? Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> okay. let me say that it's been over 10 years or so since we became involved because of my uh, 79-year-old mind. I might, I might forget some names, but uh, John Sykes and Company, I'll put it that way. Right. Uh, we started back about 10 years ago uh, working with the different things here at the church. Initially, we were dealing with with lighting. We moved from lighting to, of course, the auditing piece, which afforded us with lights, with insulation, some of the things that obviously that we needed to reduce our energy costs. As a result of that, I'll say in the last two years, we've seen at least a 50% reduction in the winter and summer, heating and cooling prices, we were spending during the winter prior to all of this, that we received $1,000 bills during the winter for heating. Now, our bills average anywhere under $500 per month. And I mean in, in, when it's really cold, cold. During the summer months, we found that our energy bills, which used to be five or more, are now down to like 2 I would say average 250 a month so I'm just saying we have in, we have really benefited in such a grand way when there's time to make any type of donations per se to the program then we we're going to do that you know at least at least averaging hundred dollars per year so that because this is the savings that we're receiving and so we want to pour this back to them in, in in donations so this is where we are we really we can say beyond a shadow of a doubt. It was a blessing to us, and I do see it as it continue to be a blessing because the more we get information about things that need to be done, I see the congregation now excited and ready to spend the money to get it done.
2: Pastor John, can you also talk about the Windows of Hope program because that really helped with your energy-saving bills?
4: Well, that's where, uh, obviously, I I believe was one of the biggest helps because we were able to get Windows of hope, in other words, insulations put in inside the building. And so as a result of that, that also saved our energy. Because again, with the windows being, you know, old and of course, different air coming from different directions, that insulation was a big help. When we first put in our windows, especially starting to put them in, we could actually see the wind blowing against the plastic. So of course that was a sure was a big help as what The winners of hope is concerned. We're continuing the, with the shop here in the building. We gave that room totally to winners of hope as a, as a as a means of keeping this project in the community with grants that we received from Energized Delaware, et cetera. We've been able to hire people within the neighborhood to build the windows. We have, if I'm correct right now, about four or five people that are, I would say, experts in building it. They've also went out into community. And done that outreach and got people from out, outside of the West Center City community or surrounding areas to build windows themselves. I have one of our members here who came in and learned how to build a window, and she built her own window for her own house. So that was that. Was all all of these things are the involvement now of, of you know Shweta and company, John and company, Tony and company are just a big. Up to us. This is why I'm I'm such a PR person. When it comes to this program, when it comes both to IMAC, I also mention it to my group because I'm a part of the governor's faith-based community group, with all of the different inter groups. I'm also a part of that for the other churches that are out, outside of the community because I truly believe that this is one of the best things that could happen for nonprofits who don't have the money.
0: That's fantastic. Congratulations on savings of up to 50% in the summer and the cold. And I bet, Pastor Graham, that your congregation is a lot more comfortable yes. in the winter and a lot more comfortable in the summer. And it makes them enjoy your sermons a lot more too, I would bet.
4: Yes, I pre- yeah, they are. They really are. One thing that I found unfortunately is that it it came was so warm a couple of times during the winter that people had friends. I said, whoa <laughs> Turn the thermostat down. But well, we have the, the, you know, the automatic thermostat piece that we set, I think if I'm correct, around 68, and it keeps everything wonderful.
0: This is a question for any of the three of you who'd like to answer. ESI, we pay very close attention to what Congress is up to, what the federal government's up to. We always like to reach into states like Delaware and find great success stories of cool programs and initiatives that are making a difference. But Congress has been busy and the federal government's been busy. And I'm curious if any of you have any thoughts about some of the new programs or initiatives that might be coming out of either the bipartisan infrastructure bill that was passed last November, or maybe the more recently enacted Inflation Reduction Act. Are there any programs or funding sources that you're looking forward to potentially accessing?
3: You know, it's still unfolding what's going to happen from this uh, legislation. We know that There's been extension of tax credits for both energy efficiency and renewable energy work. Uh, We know that there's at least $9 billion going to state energy offices. How much is coming to Delaware, we're not sure yet, and how that will be distributed. But that money's for homeowner rebates for energy efficiency and for what they call high efficiency home measures. We know that there's $2 million set aside for job creation, for, energy, for retrofit, job tra- creating people how to work on homes. And we know in terms of environmental equity, there's $3 billion that's going to be called the Climate Justice Block Grants. So there's a lot of money out there, how it's going to be farmed out and how it will function is yet unfolding. I think one of the more exciting things for churches is I understand there may now be a a possibility that nonprofits can never take advantage of those federal tax credits, right? They don't pay taxes, so I can't take advantage. My understanding is that there will be some mechanisms to allow a nonprofit to take the tax credit and sell it, and there may be some opportunities for what they're calling direct payment. In other words, you don't get the tax credit but we'll give you an equivalent amount that you should get if you're a taxpayer. Again, how all of that's going to unfold, but I think that's exciting news for uh, nonprofits. I thought it was interesting. One of the things I read is that if everything unfolds as planned with this money, uh, we will be two-thirds of the way towards our commitment to the Paris Accords. And I think that's huge.
2: That is huge. that,
3: That Accord you know, sets, I think, a 50% reduction on the amount of energy over 2006.
0: So this has been a great conversation and obviously amazing work being done in Delaware that has been done. I'm curious what you've all learned from your experience with faith efficiencies. And if you were talking with a peer organization from somewhere not in Delaware, an or, you know, a state that maybe doesn't have Energized Delaware or an equivalent, What are the lessons that you would share with them to help them create the kinds of programs that you all have in Delaware that are delivering benefits to communities across your state?
3: Early on, what we learned about churches is that many churches don't have full-time maintenance people. They don't have experienced folks in there constantly tweaking the HVAC systems and working with the lights and all of that. Oftentimes, it's volunteer building committees. And so these energy audits that when we're coming in there, we're really educating people on things that should be happening. Sometimes we're educating the part-time maintenance folks. But oftentimes, the problem is is that they don't have professional on-staff people making sure things are kept up to date. Oftentimes, what's found in these energy audits is a fan that's running that doesn't need to be running where there's a light bulb on all the time that doesn't need to be on all the time mm-hmm. and it's these you know sometimes it's just flipping a switch could save several hundred dollars a year mm-hmm. and we find that all the time in these programs
2: and i would just say that you know energy efficiency is the most underutilized climate solutions that we have and uh so i hope that in the states that have not really worked on energy efficiency through a faith network, then maybe speak with a IPL kind of, you know, if there is an established IPL chapter in that state, then, you know, get together with them and connect them with a funding source like Energize Delaware. And all our programs, we have added funding of some sort because funding makes everything easier <laughs> you know so get get together funding source and then add a element of education so any program that we bring to our congregations we always have a educational component to it so if a congregation is making use of an audit then after the audit we require them to host a educational presentation on how can they do an energy audit in their own homes for the members. So educating, not stopping at the congregation, but making it a model for sustainability and then making sure the community members are educated on on those issues as well.
4: Well, I know that as far as the church is concerned, the things that they've seen happen here, they have passed it on quite a bit in their various neighbors there. I know that uh, even many times, in some instances, I've mentioned it to several people, as I said, on the outside. As far as other states are concerned, I I would obviously refer them to their representative for that particular area. That's what I would do to find out if something like that could be possibly done. Well, Shweta, Tony,
0: Pastor Graham Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your experiences on working on energy efficiency upgrades with faith communities in Delaware. It was a real delight to meet you and um, you. fantastic podcast guests. Thanks so much. Thank, Thank you. you. so much.
4: Wow,
0: Emma, that was a great conversation. It's just so great when our podcast guests not only get along so well, but work so closely together. Shweta and Tony and Pastor Graham obviously have so much to share with our audience and with other organizations, nonprofit organizations, state energy offices, faith organizations, just such a great experience that they've had in Delaware. It really, really means a lot that they were willing to share that with us today.
1: Yeah, I agree, Dan. It was great to hear from them. And I always think it's so powerful when we're able to connect the work that we are talking about and thinking about at the federal level and seeing it actually happen in in communities. You know, when Pastor Graham was talking about how much his congregation is saving on energy bills each month and just the benefits it's having to the church from the money saved to how much more comfortable people are sitting in the building to overall well-being and happiness of the community in general. It's Great to see this connection from federal energy efficiency money to Temple United Church in
0: Wilmington come together and see it all work out. Absolutely, Emma. And I think Pastor Graham said it, right? He was talking about paying $1,000 a month for energy in the winter and effectively heating the outdoors and paying $500 a month to keep his church cool in summer and effectively cooling the outdoors. That's not What his organization has set out to do is his his organization has a mission that could use those $500 every month in, in the winter and every $250 in the summer to make life better for their congregants, for improving quality of life in their community. It's just such a much better use of those resources than heating the outdoors in the winter and cooling the outdoors in the summer.
1: If you like this story and want to learn more about EESI's work related to energy efficiency, head to our website at EESI.org. Also, follow us on social media at EESI online for all of our recent updates. The Climate Conversation is published as a supplement to our biweekly newsletter, Climate Change Solutions. Go to EESI.org slash sign up to subscribe. Thanks for joining us and see you next time.